0: Hello, my name is Albert, and in this episode of Movies, Movies, and Movies, I've got reviews for Ted 2, as well as Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. I have a Hulu movie streaming recommendation to share, and I talk about how the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science recently had some notable additions to the group. Ted 2. Directed by Seth MacFarlane. Written by Seth MacFarlane. Alex Sulkin. Wesley Wilde. Starring Seth MacFarlane. Mark Wahlberg. Amanda Seyfried. Jessica Bart, And Giovanni Rubisi. Before I say my next sentence, I'd like to be forthright and just say that I really like this movie. With that said, I also have to say that this is not a good film in the traditional sense. This is for all intent and purpose a complete farce that will only cater to a particular type of audience that like their comedy absurd, slapstick, Crude, offensive, with non-sequiturs, inside jokes, running gags, and tons of pop culture references. Basically, if the first dead movie didn't win you over, then this one probably won't either. This is Seth MacFarlane absolutely indulging himself. His sense of humor is all over the place and not everybody will get his jokes. Considering that this movie has so many jokes in it as it is, they will either be hits or misses. It was more hits than misses for me, but results may vary from person to person. The movie also plays out like a series of comedic skits all stitched together, which can make the pacing feel very uneven. Not to mention the civil rights political plot thread might turn some people off. Just like the previous installment, this movie has a great cast. McFarlane, Wahlberg, and Seyfried are awesome in this. And all the added cameos by various stars were also very welcome, like Patrick Warburton and Michael Dorn, which came with some nice fanservice moments. Yes, it's true that Mila Kunis isn't in the movie and I'm honestly disappointed with how her character was written off. However, I can't say that the movie made me miss her being in it. The relationship between Ted and John continues to be a fun thing to watch, and some of the best jokes are from those two together. Although I would say that the best joke that had the best laugh from me involves the Samantha character, or specifically a statement that seemed directly targeting Amanda Seyfried. The movie trailers thankfully didn't spoil all the best jokes from the movie. There's definitely a familiarity to the plot progression of Ted too, which some people might be tired of. And at one point, the movie even self-references that fact. That's still not an excuse though. It is comforting seeing these characters on screen again, but the appeal of seeing them for the first time is not present at all and makes the movie seem like it's just going through the motions. Even so, I did find it highly enjoyable and funny and that's the only thing that should matter to me. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl Directed by Alfonso gomez rejon Written by Jesse Andrews, starring Thomas Mann, Olivia Cooke, R.J. Seiler. So here's another coming-of-age story about high school size of life that's told in a clever and subversive way. It may appear to be too quirky, too precious, too self-aware, and too sentimental to be taken seriously. However, how can this not be taken seriously when one of the main characters is a dying girl? There is a lot to like about this movie, but it's definitely not without its flaws. It makes a point to avoid doing cliches, which is highly appreciated, but the story still contains some cliches anyway. It even comes complete with a voiceover narration by the lead character, which seems predictably standard for this kinds of movie. The main characters are at least really good. Thomas Mann as a self-deprecating but very likable Greg is fun to follow. He has some great lines that he gets to act out, although they seem a little too clever for a high schooler. Olivia Cooke is incredible as Rachel, the dying girl who is just all sorts of awesome as a character. I found it really easy to be completely charmed by her personality. The friendship and conversations that Greg and Rachel have is the primary draw to watching this movie. A lot of what they talk about are equally entertaining and insightful. As for R.G. Seiler as Earl, he essentially plays the straight man that tells things as it is, and helps keep the balance between Greg and Rachel. Visually, this movie is fantastic to watch. There's an energetic and creative style to this that it practically dares you not to look at each frame shot. The screenplay has some great and smart writing here, but it doesn't always maintain that high level of cleverness that it's clearly aiming for. There's also some tonal changes in the plot that I wish could have been handled better. I understand why it couldn't maintain its energetic pacing, but it's still a fact that I found it to be an issue I couldn't ignore. Although I don't think Me and Earl and the Dying Girl was a complete slam dunk of a movie, there really was a lot about this story that I loved. Besides the entertaining characters and tons of fun moments, it has a thematic message that I can absolutely get behind with. I admit that I felt satisfied and maybe even inspired by the end of this film as well. If anything else, you'll really enjoy seeing those home movies that Greg and Earl come up with. For my movie streaming recommendation, I'm recommending The Castle of Cagliostro on Hulu. Its original Japanese title is Rupen Sansei Kariostoro no Shiro. And Yes, this is an anime movie that is part of the Loop and the Third franchise created by Monkey Punch. I haven't suggested an anime title here on Movies, Movies, and Movies yet, and The Castle of Cagliostro is the ideal first choice. Released way back in 1979, this is one of the first anime films I've seen at a young age and one of the first anime that I fell in love with. Not only that, it's also a movie directed by the legendary director Hayao Miyazaki. His excellent directing, pacing, and quality animation style really made this movie one of the best examples of how good anime films can be. Lupin III is, after all, like a Japanese character as revered as James Bond is. Unlike James Bond, however, Lupin is a criminal master thief, but he is a very likable one. The story of the Castle Kogios involves Lupin's attempt to infiltrate the castle, counterfeit money, a despicable count, a secret conspiracy, a trapped princess, and a secret treasure. To add to the enjoyment, it also involves his very entertaining group of friends, Gunman Extraordinaire, Jigen, Swordsman, Goemon, Sexy Cat Burglar, Fujiko, and of course his nemesis, Inspector Zenigata. A fun, entertaining, and classy story, filled with spectacular action-adventure sequences, and of course the excellent lead character that is Lupin III. If you've never seen an anime before or have not been introduced to the Lupin character, then this is a good place to start. The Castle of Cagliostro. Watch it on Hulu. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences have always been criticized for being a group of people that seem out of touch with the rest of the world. Filled with mostly older white male members, there have been a vocal demand that the Academy needs to diversify itself more if it wants to be taken more seriously. Recently, the Academy has made some extra effort to do just that. They've invited a new group of members that actually has a good broad demographic. For those wondering, those individuals gain entry either by earning an Oscar nomination, getting two members to pen recommendations, or receiving an endorsement from an Academy membership committee or the organization's staff. Now, just to name some names here from the new group of Academy members, we've got Benedict Cumberbatch from The Imitation Game and Star Trek Into Darkness, Elizabeth Banks from Love and Mercy and The Hunger Games, Tom Hardy from Mad Max Fury Road and The Dark Knight Rises, Kevin Hart from The Wedding Ringer and Get Hard, Jason Segel from Forgetting Sarah Marshall and the Muppets, Daniel Radcliffe of Harry Potter fame, Emma Stone from Birdman and the Amazing Spider-Man, and many more. Those are just some of the popular younger actors that's been invited to the Academy. There's still the directors, cinematographers, writers, designers, editors, and many other categories to consider, like Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Dale fame for the music category. Some notable directors I'd like to mention are Bong Joon-ho, James Gunn, Justin Lin and Edgar Wright. Now, despite the new addition of younger members to the group, it might still take a while before it completely affects what movies are getting nominated at the Oscars. Right now, the stereotypical Oscar-nominated movie are very much still predominantly geared towards an older group of people. Hopefully, in just a few years, we're going to start seeing an even more diverse set of nominated movies at the Academy Awards. It'll at least make the show more entertaining to watch when we start getting more comedies, fantasy, or purely action-based movies getting nominated for Best Picture of the Year. Thanks for listening. My name is Albert Patrick, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at albert5x5. You can send comments to whoatworsty at gmail.com via social media or through the website. Rate and subscribe to our shows on iTunes. Check out our merchandise store and further support us via Patreon. Music has been provided by The Y-Axis. Find them at the theyaxis.fancap.com. Until next time, this has been an episode of Movies, Movies, and Movies, which is part of the Why.com network.